0: This is the Casper and Chris podcast
1: from News Talk KBOI, Boise.
0: Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back
1: to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 606. Five degrees in downtown Boise. Oh, man. Um, However, that is a wide disparity of temperatures throughout the Treasure Valley. I left Napa. My house was four below zero this morning. As I got to Meridian, it was zero. And then as I get into Boise, it's five below. You should have kept going. I mean, it's uh, five above. You should have just kept traveling east. Which is weird because I don't understand... Usually you don't see a nine degree difference in temperatures. Like in the summertime, if it's a hundred in Nampa, it's usually around a hundred in Boise. It's not 92 in, in our 91 in Boise. So, um, some of the outlying areas uh, as you get closer to that and could be even colder than that this morning. We'll continue with those cold weathers to the day, uh, on into tomorrow. Um, and it looks like we have a winter, uh, winter weather advisory still in effect, uh, that will start mm. coming up later this afternoon into tomorrow morning about 11 a.m. why well you just heard it in the weather forecast another two to four inches of snow expected through tonight into tomorrow you know, morning. I'd,
3: I'd like to point out that by telling you about that we're simply giving you the weather forecast and we're not trying to frighten you in any way shape or form
2: no um you know last
3: week we got criticized because we said how much snow was expected and people said you're just trying to scare
2: everybody why? Well, and if it, we were trying to scare you, we would have told you a story about a Yeti or something. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, those people complaining, were, you know we're never Boy Scouts. Those dumbasses uh, don't know about always being oh, well. prepared. And that's all you do. You, we're giving you the information so that tomorrow morning, people that must drive to work, be prepared. Because it could take you in half an half hour to 45 minutes longer to get to work tomorrow morning. That's it.
3: That is the Boy Scout. Is that the slogan or the motto? It's a motto. Okay. Motto. Always be prepared. Be pre- just, 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 be prepared. Yeah. Always is is uh, implied.
2: So, well, I think the actual motto says "always be prepared." No, so it's just "be prepared." Are you sure? Yeah, I was a Boy Scout. So was I. I'll have to look that up. Um, continued uh, snowy weather in the mountains. If you're traveling there, check out your road reports before you go. All that, all that kind of stuff. Uh coming up here for you this morning. Road conditions, by the way, this morning, uh I-84 pretty much dry. No no problems on I-84. Side streets might still see some problems. I did actually we did actually have somebody um come clear our roads. Yeah. This in our subdivision, which is so weird because I lived in a subdivision in Eagle, mm-hmm. Banbury mm-hmm. subdivisions for so many years that was never cleared of snow. Uh except for Snowmageddon. And finally they did bring in a road grader. And plowed everything to the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to turn left, you could never do that for about (laughs) two months. Um, The other problem, of course, is that um, when you have your neighborhood clean, cleared, they don't clear your driveway, they put the snow. Alongside of the road, which <laughs> causes the driveway to be kind of problematic yeah. to get out of, so two uh, two wrongs
3: don't make a right, no. but three three rights make a left.
2: There you go. Yeah. Um, what What he said. See, I I got I got what you're throwing down there. Okay. Um, I want to thank my neighbor for coming, bringing his uh, snowblower, and uh, cleaning our driveway so that my car could get out this morning, and uh, Chris wouldn't be doing the show by himself.
3: We have uh, recently moved. We're still moving our stuff. We. We have to be out of there in 15 days, but we've been moving things just like, you know, one van load at a time because we have a van. And uh, we moved into, uh, it's a condo in a gated community. And it turns out in
2: the gated community, they shovel your walks for you. Who knew? Well, I'm I'm, I'm guessing they don't do it for free. Do you have homeowners association?
3: (laughs) Actually, (laughs) yes. For the first time in my entire life. I've, I now am a member of a homeowners' association.
4: There you go.
2: So you you are kind of uh, paying for it by yourself.
3: This is true. Yeah, it's just you don't realize it. No, it's just it's just worked in there. But you know, yeah. it's nice. It's I mean, nice,
2: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to find somebody willing to go out and do it for you. Yeah,
3: yeah. So anyway, it's it's, to- it's a it's a lovely. I mean, the average age there is deceased, but it's still very <laughs> nice.
2: Uh, Other items as we get back to work after the uh, three-day weekend that we will be talking about this morning. Uh, Bronco Monday will be coming up. Yes, I know it's Tuesday, but uh, we didn't talk about basketball yesterday. It was a big week for Boise State. Um, It came very close to being a perfect week for Boise State basketball. Um, We'll tell you a little bit about why that was and how close it came. Talk about a bad beat. Um, Boise State came very close to being... Uh, the only undefeated team in the Mountain West, and in first place all by themselves. Um, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> basically, uh, they are in second place, uh, now yeah. a half point uh, yes. behind the uh, Utah State Utah team. State. Yeah, so Utah State is uh, also, uh, I think, ranked 16th now in the mm-hmm. nation. In the nation. They're 4-0 in the uh, conference, and Boise State's 3-0. Yep, San Diego State still there, even though they dropped a game uh, over the weekend. And Boise State is finally... Finally, starting to get votes. As a matter of fact, uh, Ken Palm ranking still uh, right now. As as of last week, the two wins that they saw last week has them in the tournament. Now, this is way too early because anything can happen. We got another two months before Ken Palm March March Madness. Yeah, is he related to Jerry Palm? Um, you'd have to ask him. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I've never talked to him myself, but uh, if you want to email him, feel free to go ahead and do it that. Seems and like ask him. they do the same thing for a living. Um, Donald Trump won the uh, first test of the official uh, Iowa. campaign season. Yeah. Uh, he won Iowa caucuses by a wide margin, mm-hmm. um, so wide in fact uh, that they called the race after just mm-hmm. eight precincts reported.
3: Well, see, it was it was fifty-one to twenty-one to nineteen. Yeah, and DeSantis came in second. DeSantis came in sec- second some, for quite a while. Some though, thought
2: that was a surprise. I was
3: watching, you know, the, the returns and things and. And uh, for quite a while there, it looked like he was going to come in third, but then he ended up with more votes.
2: Yeah, and, and the prediction was uh, due to early poll or polling last week. Um, was it Nikki San- or Nikki Haley had yeah. a uh, good chance of coming in second? It was very close, but she did come in third. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another candidate has dropped out of the ra- race. Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, said he has done in and all is honesty, his support behind Donald Trump.
3: In all honesty, I can't say that makes me upset at all. I was getting tired of him.
2: Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll talk also about COVID. It's back in the Treasure Valley. Do you care? Uh, yeah. I don't want to get it again. It I, I don't want to get time. it for the first time, so I, I'm, I'm a little you know concerned yeah. about it. But there are people, of course, who don't care about That's true. It. Um so I'm just I'm just curious and we'll tell you how we know uh that COVID is back in the Treasure Valley, which by the way, um COVID is uh at a higher rate right now and again than it has been since twenty twenty two. Right. And
3: before you write in, no, we're not trying to scare anybody and yes, this is America. You don't have to care if you don't
2: want to. No. But I am curious if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, We'll also talk about uh, Hunter Biden um, flip-flopped again, and on Friday his lawyer said that he now will sit for a deposition uh, as long as they give him a new subpoena. Okay. we're not going to honor the Whatever previous subpoena happy. but if you give us a new subpoena we will finally sit down so well, hey, hey don't hold us in contempt please this week
3: the last one probably had you know an angry tone to it or something
2: which by the way um the vote on whether or not to hold hunter biden in contempt uh will happen this week maybe maybe not depending on uh, what hunter biden had to say on friday or what his attorneys had to say on friday um, we'll also talk about the story, we, we just gave you a little bit about it uh, last week, uh, about the uh, Fulton County, Georgia DA, Fannie Willis, um, allegations that uh, she has a, an improper relationship with uh, the prosecuting attorney, in which she named and picked him to do lead the case against Donald Trump. Um, She has been subpoenaed to testify in Nathan Wade's divorce trial. Kind of strange. Nathan Wade, by the way, is the uh, person she is accused of having an affair with and uh, improper, how can you say it, uh, money given to uh, the person that was then spent on lavish vacations, taxpayers' money. Uh, She also did break her silence about the case uh, yesterday and everything going on. We'll talk about those remarks also on the way for you. All that and a whole lot more, including Brian Adams concert tickets. Would you like to see Brian Adams? Great concert. It's going to be here in the Treasure Valley. We have a chance for you to win those tickets coming up here this morning with our Casper and Chris stand near impossible question. Right now, let's get our first check of what's going on with sports. A lot of sports activity over the weekends. This update brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. Open up seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. getting in for a delicious, filling breakfast or lunch. There's basketball
3: tonight at Extra Mile Arena. Nevada, Las Vegas tips off against Boise State. For television, the game won't be starting until 8 p.m. Uh, the Runnin' Rebels are 8-7 overall and 1-2 and in the Mountain West. The Broncos are 12-4 overall and 3-0 and in conference. Boise State is favored tonight by six points. Also tonight, Air Force plays at Colorado State. San Jose State visits Fresno State. And number 16 Utah State travels to the pit in New Mexico. There were two NFL wildcard round playoff games Monday in the early game. Josh Allen threw three touchdown passes and ran for one more, a long one, as uh, Buffalo stopped Pittsburgh 31-17. In the late game, Baker Mayfield passed for 337 yards and three touchdowns as Tampa Bay both surprised and routed Philadelphia 32-9. The Eagles didn't score in the second half. There are eight teams remaining for this weekend's divisional round. Saturday at 2.30, Houston travels to Baltimore. Then at 6.15, it's Green Bay at San Francisco. Sunday, the Buccaneers play at Detroit at 1 o'clock. And Kansas City faces the Bills
1: at 4.30. That's sports.
0: Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman
1: this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Oh,
4: welcome back. (sighs) It's been a while. How long has it been? If you ask me, not long enough. Does anyone know what... Let me stop you right there. It's Tuesday.
1: No, come on. This feels more like a
5: Monday. No, it's Tuesday. Well, no matter what day it is. Don't say it. It's time. Don't you say it. Go back. Don't you dare say it. Back to where? Back to work.
0: Why'd you have to say
6: that?
5: Because it's showtime.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, another three-day weekend. That was recorded in my brain at four o'clock this morning. (laughs) Mentioned to you, man... You have those three-day weekends, and it sure does Is still unre- uh, impact, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, how much it would be awesome just, if we just had a four-day week every week. Yeah, reinforces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no name on this one, uh, but here it is already this morning, even though we said don't say it. Uh, don't say that you guys weren't trying to scare people last week. You said 12 to 19, to 19 inches of snow in the Treasure Valley. We didn't come close to that. You right. not only were trying to scare people, but you lied. No,
3: nope, it was what the National Weather Service was saying at that time. Because, see, they're scientists, and what science does is when things change, they change the outcome of, of what's going on. Well, they, they predict as well as they can, but then it turned out we didn't get as much snow as we thought we were going to. No, we did. We did get as much snow as we, th- we thought we were going oh, to. We weren't trying to scare anybody anyway.
2: January 6th through the 13th. This is how dumb you are when you sit there and make claims like we lied. January 6th through the 13th. That's last week. Boise Airport picked up 18.9 inches of snow. Hmm. Seems to fall in between 12 and 19 inches, doesn't it? Matter of fact, comes really close to 19 inches. I don't, I don't think he's dumb. I think he's just mean and probably has no friends. During that week, Boise also set two daily snowfall records. One on January 10th, 5.2 inches of snow. Most that's ever uh, fallen in Boise Mm -hmm. um, on January 10th. And then this past weekend, 6.8 inches of snow piling up on January 13th. When I was a kid, it seemed like every
3: year we would get a big snow storm, uh, like either right after Christmas or just right after New Year's. And then on the 10th, it was was always thawing. I remember that. It was my mom's birthday. It was January Mm -hmm. 10th. And it always seemed like we'd go outside, and and there, you know, it, everything would be thawing out.
2: Um, some people, if you've watched on uh, social media, trying to compare this year to uh, Snowmageddon, mm-hmm. and even though already um, we've received uh, quite a bit of snow, more than normal years uh, in January, uh, our December tally was way below normal years. How does it compare to the sixteen, seventeen winter season total snowfall uh, in January? Uh, Through January 15th that year was 29.9 inches. Through January 15th this year, Boise has 22.9 inches, so seven inches less than that same time period during Snowmageddon, um, but there's still a lot more time to uh, add on to this level that we've got so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, Key difference between that year, uh, that winter and this winter, 14 inches of snow fell in December of 2016. This year, total snow 3.8 inches in December. So we got a a good start in uh, 2016 that we didn't get this year. Uh, But as of right now, only seven inches behind the snowmageddon year. Um, We'll see what happens this week. As you heard from the weather forecast, two to four inches expected again overnight. And with the cold temperatures not leaving... Uh, at least anytime soon. Maybe later in the week. I did see temperatures close well, to gonna, 40. Like tomorrow, I think it's supposed to get up to about 30. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this this frigid air that we've got uh, could be leaving the Treasure Valley. Sounds like
1: Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI.
2: is our phone number if you want to get through to us this morning. Also, 1-800-529-5264. That's wherever you might be listening. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Love to hear from you if you are a long ways away. And this is the time of the morning when we can get people listening in from Montana, clear into Canada. We've actually heard from people into Canada before. Um, What's the temperature where you're living this morning? uh, Saw North and South Dakota this weekend. 35 to 40 degrees below zero yeah i don't think i'll move there anytime soon does it make a difference i mean i can remember uh being out feeding cows uh i grew up in north central idaho Mm
4: -hmm.
2: um around grangeville camey area and would go out to do chores in the morning um you know and there were times when it was you know 10 degrees above zero and then there were times where it was 15 20 degrees below zero and (laughs) i really couldn't tell the difference (laughs) it was just
4: freaking cold
2: frozen is frozen yeah Now, the one difference was when it was 10 above zero, uh, we didn't get up in the middle of the night um, to go move calves who had just been born inside the barn uh, with heat lamps. Or even there were times where we moved them into the house uh, on our porch because it was too cold. And if they were left outside, they ears and tails tended to freeze it up freeze off because they were you know all wet immediately after being born and uh didn't take very long for uh, those uh, appendages before the blood started circulating in their bodies to just wow. freeze off and break off um so a difference was when it was that cold we were getting woken up in the middle of the night by our dad going come on cows uh having a calf we got to move it so yeah yeah uh but like i said difference between 10 and 15, 20 below zero. You didn't really bar, tell yes. the difference, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like just damn cold outside. Uh, right now in downtown Boise, five might be colder where you are at this morning. As I uh, mentioned, when I left Nampa, it was uh, four below. Meridian was at zero, so you just saw uh, gradual warming as you got into downtown Boise this morning. Winter storm advisory, snow advisory, once again going to be in effect for tonight into tomorrow morning. You keep hearing the um, snow that's going to be possibly falling here in the Treasure Valley. So just be aware of that. Allow yourself a little extra time tomorrow morning. Uh, we're not trying to scare you. It, it, so that, and now, if you're scared, boo. Okay, now I tried to scare you. See, see the difference? Yeah, yeah, a big difference. Um, just allow yourself a little extra time tomorrow morning. And of course, this is the station to be tuned to. We uh, give you updates
1: on traffic every ten minutes.
0: For your Google Play, simply say, "Hey Google, play six seventy KBOI."
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 642 once you get five in downtown Boise, as you wake up and get going this morning. Roads are in pretty good condition so far today, might be a little bit different tomorrow. Phone line's open, 208-336-3700. Want to email us and take part in the show? That's always appreciated. Uh, you can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or text us, same as our main number. Uh, today is Tuesday, but it will be Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us coming up here at 835. Another big game tonight, UNLV. Uh, an important game, um, because, not because of how good UNLV might be. Um, it's right now considered a quad two or quad three game tonight mm-hmm. but uh boise state so far this season has not had a bad loss um you lose tonight this could be considered when you go back to the season yeah. a home loss against a quad two and or a win quad three means that
3: we are tied for first place yes with uh utah state we're currently just a, a half game behind
2: them boise state came within an eyelash of having a near perfect week last week now the perfect week in that they won both of their games which by the way they were not favored in in either one of those mm-hmm, two games last week. Um, even their home game against Colorado State against Nevada, they were uh, <clears throat> Nevada was favored by six and a half. Yeah, um, and by the way, Boise State played fantastic defense. I mean, that's how they're going to win this year. Both games, just amazing defense on the best players for the opposing team. If they can keep that up throughout the year, um, they're going to they're going to be in good shape. The the where it comes to almost a perfect week, San Diego State got beat. Um, their first lost in the Mountain West. Utah State, I, if, if you if you can sit there and tell somebody, it's like you're ahead by four points with 8.4 seconds to go, <laughs> how, how are you going to lose this game? It just goes to show why you play all the way through mm-hmm. um, because uh, Utah State ended up winning that game even though they were down with 8.4 seconds to go. They were down by four points. They hit a three-point, and then uh, as they were blocking out, they had a foul called, two-shot foul, which they made both of their free throws. Um, talk about a tough, tough break uh, in, in the loss. Um, but it just goes to show, once again, that they never led during – the only time they led during that game was with the free throws. The entire game, Utah State was down the entire game against UNLV. And – and that was the time that they, the most important time, obviously, uh, because they did come out with a win. And now they are three. So at least we three, know. You know, UNLV is kind of tricky. Yeah, yeah. UNLV there can be. Yeah, they're they're always. Um, you never know exactly where you get. It. Remember, that was six, seven years ago. They were mm-hmm. the power of the conference too. It's like uh, they didn't lose. Well, they're the you know. only team in the Mountain West who's ever won the national championship. Yeah. Champion so anyway, another big week uh, gets underway tonight. Uh, it is a home game at Extra Mile Arena and then uh, another home game this coming Saturday. I- I'm guessing, I don't know about tonight if it'll be a sellout. I'm guessing a big crowd. I'm guessing Saturday will be a sellout. San Diego State. San Diego State comes to town on Saturday, and that's
3: an eleven o'clock
2: start. 8 a.m. Yeah, in the (laughs) morning. So uh, you can you can have your whole day ahead of you after you you get that game. Let's get another uh, check on what's going on quickly with sports. A lot of other sports news going on. This update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. In baseball, the
3: Mets signed Vladimir Guerrero as an international free agent. Now it's not Vladimir Guerrero Senior. He is in the Hall of Fame. And it's not Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who already plays for Toronto. It's Vladimir Miguel Guerrero, who is the son of Vlad Sr. and the half-brother of Mm. Vlad Jr. So now we know that. Uh, games tonight in the, uh, Mountain West. Air Force plays at Colorado State. San Jose State visits Fresno State. Number 16, Utah State travels to New Mexico, which is never easy. And of course, there's basketball tonight at Extra Mile Arena. As we told you, Nevada Las Vegas tips off against Boise State. And for TV, the game won't
2: start till eight. That's sports. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Utah State loses tonight at the pit. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah. It, it, that, they're, they're due. That's just a tough, tough place to play. Um, but we'll find out um, and see if tomorrow, if Boise State can win and Utah
0: State loses, Boise State could be on top tomorrow night. The great one, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper
1: and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
2: Currently in downtown Boise at our studios, it is five above zero. Could be colder across some of the other areas, the Treasure Valley. There are some areas that are uh, in the negative uh, digit territory, places like uh, Stanley, Garden City, Call, places like that. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, traveling into tomorrow, just uh, be aware. You just heard right there, two to four inches beginning tonight into tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow morning's commute. Uh, supposedly, if uh, the... Predictions uphold could be a mess. Just keep that in mind as you drive to work, allow yourself plenty of extra time. And of course, listen right here to Newstalk KBOI because we will uh, keep you updated on all traffic conditions as we do every morning, every 10 minutes. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question coming up here for you this morning. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Is it that time to get into a new home for the new year? maybe you've been sitting on your home thinking hey I don't want to sell quite yet because I don't know if uh, people are going to be able to rush out with the mortgage rates the way they are well mortgage rates have dropped to about a point and a half in the last 3 or 4 months so maybe it's a good time to sell too find out they can help you through and uh, get you help you through the process and get you a market analysis all you have to do is call 208-888-4128 our question today Brian Adams concert tickets you want to see Brian Adams we've got free tickets for you don't call now this will be coming up here in the eight o'clock hour all right has to do with uh television a- and a specific television series that probably a lot of us especially if you're uh chris and Mai's age uh, probably watched growing up as a kid you always hear about lassie saving someone when uh he fell down a well um out of the 571 episodes who were the characters that actually fell down the well and had to be saved all right? Who were the characters? It's all you need to know. Be ready to call after 8 at 208-336-3700. First person to answer correctly, you've got Brian Adams concert tickets.
1: Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring
2: Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning good morning doctor um once we get to this point in january it seems just about everybody reports feeling kind of low on energy i know i feel that way and even getting out of bed sometimes in the morning is more of a chore than usual now we can chalk this up to the short days and gray skies but you think that uh for some people it may be a little bit more serious how do you how so
7: You're you're right. All of us feel fatigue at various points, you know, short days, cold days, etc. So it's common, but really that tends to respond to rest, relaxation. But for others, fatigue can linger linger really for months, uh, leading to a diagnosis of what we call chronic fatigue syndrome. We don't
3: seem to talk about chronic fatigue all that much anymore. Is it because it's becoming more uncommon?
7: No, it's actually uh, about 4 million American adults, are diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And there may be, you know, hundreds of thousands of others not yet diagnosed. It's more prominent amongst women than men and most common in those between 50 and 70 or so. And there's also some evidence to suggest that the surge in chronic fatigue as of late may be related to long COVID cases.
2: So what are some key chronic fatigue systems that we need to watch for and what can be done
7: to treat them? So the, the primary symptoms, not surprisingly, are feeling tired. So but it's six or more months of severe fatigue. And that severe fatigue really is to the point where it's impairing your ability to perform your daily activities, whether it's work or even getting out of bed. Um, it's often worse after any physical or mental exertion. Um, even after getting, you know, typically re- recommended hours of sleep. And there are treatment centers and clinical sites that can work with you and your healthcare provider to help manage your symptoms, manage things like sleep and nutrition, hydration, physical activity, even certain medications to try to get folks feeling better.
3: For anyone who hasn't yet abandoned their New Year's resolution to eat better, you say there's one really tiny food item they might want to try adding to their diets. What is this micro-sized wonder?
7: right a weekend some folks have already abandoned it hopefully we can <laughs> uh, keep that going but it's a mighty chia seed for those that are interested
2: so how can something most of us need a uh, magnifying glass to see be so good for us
7: <laughs> yeah they are tiny but there's a newly published report which notes that chia seeds contain lots of good stuff they contain what's called polyunsaturated fatty acids which are good for our heart they have fiber which is good for our digestion and our blood gu- glucose levels. And they even have antioxidants and antimicrobial activities, which prevent infections.
3: Before we jump on the chia seed bandwagon, though, what should we consider first?
7: Well, I mean, there's certainly not a cure-all or a panacea. Um, and, you know, if you want to try them, go slow, see how you respond. But it, they are certainly worth considering introducing into your digestion and regimen, your food and nutrition regimen, um, once you get accustomed to their texture.
3: Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you.
0: Tonight at 10, it's Michael
1: Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
7: Frigid temperatures dampening turnout at last night's caucuses. The smallest number of votes cast in a quarter century. That didn't have an effect on the forecasted results, as frontrunner Donald Trump secured a commanding victory.
5: Trump's 30-point win, the largest for any Republican candidate in a contested Iowa caucus.
7: I want to congratulate
8: Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together.
5: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis staked his entire campaign on the state, coming in a distant second but edging out former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Haley, who was betting on a strong finish to launch her into New Hampshire, falling short and into third.
7: ABC's Rachel Scott in New Hampshire. Vivek Ramaswamy came in a distant fourth, suspending his campaign late Monday and endorsing Donald Trump. This is ABC News. So
2: uh, Donald Trump, as predicted, easily winning Mm -hmm. the uh, first and campaign stop more than 50% of the vote 51%. Um the the surprise maybe a it's a small surprise not a big surprise uh, the fight was going to be for second place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Ron DeSantis edged out former South Carolina gov- governor uh, Nikki Haley. It was thought uh with polling in the previous weeks that Nikki Haley could possibly pull off a second place finish. She did not. And of course uh, as you heard Vivek Ramaswamy um Disappointing fourth place is uh, out, and Mm -hmm. through his support behind Donald Trump. And and Chris Christie
3: uh, dropped out last
2: week as well. Um, Not even an hour after the caucuses began last night, the Associated Press called (laughs) the uh, Iowa caucuses for Donald Trump, 731 local time. Which we could have done the day before, even. It is interesting, um, because they called the uh, race with just eight counties, uh, reporting Their results. Ron DeSantis uh, alleged early race calling is election interference. Immediately, campaigned uh, uh, the campaign immediately criticized Trump's quick victory. I'm under it's absolutely. Here's the quote: "It's absolutely outrageous that the media would participate in election interference by calling the race before tens of thousands of Iowans even had a chance to vote." They normally don't do that. They usually wait till the polls are closed. Yeah. Hour into it last night. Coldest caucus uh, in history in Iowa, by the way. And Iowa, this time of year, is always cold. So that's saying something. Uh, in Des Moines, mm-hmm. the, uh, with the wind chill, it was 30 below zero. A
3: friend of mine lives night. in Iowa, and he's always told me there are two seasons there, winter and construction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, in uh, polling in uh, I- Iowa, Real Clear Politics um, did polling in Iowa yesterday. And uh, former President Donald Trump running an unprecedented campaign for the White House. He faces 91 criminal charges. We all know that. Um, he's bouncing between rallies and campaign appearances and uh, also court appearances. He'll be doing the same again today, um, going to a court appearance in New York. Uh, depending on how his four ongoing court battles proceed, he could be convicted of a crime before the general election in 2024. But just uh, ahead of the Iowa caucuses on Monday, in polling, a majority of likely Republican caucusers said that a Trump conviction would not affect their support. This is in a Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa poll. Mm -hmm. 61% say a potential conviction does not matter in determining their general election support. 19% say a conviction would make him more... uh, 19% 19% say a conviction would make them more likely to support Trump, and 18% said it would make them less likely. 2% say that they are not sure. At this point, why are you not sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know, some people have
3: a life, so you know, they, maybe that's They, they do other stuff.
2: Sure. Hey, it's football season. Uh, playoffs are on. I, I, don't, I haven't had time to think about this yet. <laughs> ABY News Time seven fifteen. Let's get a check on uh, what's going on with sports once again. Uh, busy sports weekend. This update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open. Don't forget, you don't want to get out of your vehicle because it is cold outside. You can get your day started off with it's a hot coffee, get your booties. fresh coffee. Uh, you can get energy drinks, and if you order in advance, now you can't order at the window, but if you call in your order in advance, you can pick up through their drive through window, and you don't even have to get out of your car. That's at Pork Belly and Cuna. There were two NFL wild card round playoff games
3: Monday in the early game. Josh Allen threw three touchdown passes and ran for one more as Buffalo stopped Pittsburgh 31-17. In the late game, Baker Mayfield passed for 337 yards and three touchdowns as Tampa Bay both surprised and routed Philadelphia 32-9. The Eagles didn't score in the second half. There are eight teams remaining for this weekend's divisional round. Saturday at 2.30, Houston travels to Baltimore, Then at 6.15, it's Green Bay at San Francisco. Sunday, the Buccaneers play at Detroit at 1 o'clock, and Kansas City faces the Bills at 4.30. In baseball, the Mets signed Vladimir Guerrero as an international free agent. It's not Vladimir Guerrero Sr. He's in the Hall of Fame. And it's not Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who already plays for Toronto. It's Vladimir Miguel Guerrero, who is the son of Vlad Sr., and is the half-brother of Vlad Jr. That's sports.
0: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI
9: in Kansas City, but what a scene last night as the Chiefs began to fetch their Super Bowl title with a 26-7 win over Miami, a night memorable for many reasons. So many unforgettable images from the fourth coldest playoff game in NFL history. And the passion of NFL fans added to the record books. An average of 23 million people streamed the game on Peacock, making the first ever NFL playoff game to be exclusively streamed—the most streamed event of any kind in the U.S. ever. <laughs> Super Wildcard Saturday was also an all-time record day for U.S. internet traffic, with most of those people interacting with NFL content online. Congratulations to our Comcast and NBC Universal teammates, and thanks to Commissioner Roger Goodell and our partners at the NFL and all the fans on this record-setting collaboration. A milestone moment in media and sports history.
2: Ah, uh, shut up, Mike Tirico.
3: And and by the way, playoffs should be on broadcast TV.
2: I'm going to make a prediction right now, Chris. Okay. Within our lifetime, the Super Bowl will be... Pay-per-view? ...streamed. I don't know what what streaming service, but I, I'm making a prediction it will be streamed based on how much money was made by yeah. Peacock. And by the way, yes, it was um the most streamed event in history. However, um not very it's not close to the average number of people who watch a playoff game. Average number over the last five years of all playoff games. And by the way, Miami, Kansas City probably would have had more than this. uh, Average number of people that uh, view a playoff game, 29 million. Mm. 23 million viewers tuned in for streaming. I, for one, I don't have it, and no way I was paying the $5, even though I think I, I saw some people claiming that you couldn't opt out, but I think you can opt out. You can get the one month as long as you remember if you forget, you got to gonna have to because I, you specifically have to go back and say I'm canceling my yeah. service. It doesn't do it automatically.
3: I've been using a bunch of of streaming services, and I just decided to, you know, cut back. Uh, it was one of my New Year's resolutions, and so I have gotten rid of all of them, sort of, because they all they they all uh, they all expire at the end of the month, mm-hmm. and so I'm like January. That's all I'm doing is watching like all these. <laughs>
2: response on things that
3: i won't be able to watch in february
2: social media not real kind uh this is so disingenuous they put on the biggest games of the year on a streaming service and forced everyone who wanted to watch it to subscribe consumers had no choice this is not a win for the nfl uh this was one of the greediest moves ever by the nfl they made millions of fans pay to watch a playoff game on tv and they still flooded the broadcast with commercials to make even more money if we have to pay for a playoff game, at least it should be commercial free. Uh, no, they're going to try and make as much money as possible, and that's, by the way, is quite frankly why I think a Super Bowl um, is not too far off in the distant where you're going to have to pay for it. Um, if, for instance, there's over the average of a Super Bowl, um, people watching over 100 million worldwide. Yeah. Say you get have to you get 50 people, 50 million people who. Decide that they're going to stream. Say only 50 million people either already don't have whatever service it's going to be. That's a quarter of a billion dollars in extra revenue. And they'll still continue to sell the commercials.
3: Mm -hmm. That's
2: a quarter of a billion people.
3: Let's not forget that a lot of people tune into the Super Bowl to see the commercial.
2: Yeah. So you have people that aren't there. Or the halftime show. There's another one. Yeah, Maybe they'll stream the halftime show on a completely different streaming. So you no. have to get two
3: streaming services. Uh, last night, uh, last year's halftime show was up for an Emmy.
2: Yeah. And it, I think it last year didn't win. But. Last year's halftime show, by the way, beat the game by about 15 million people. It was Rihanna when she. Yeah. 15 more million was, people uh, watched the halftime show than what watched the game. Visibly expecting. Like I said, um, I, I think within five years, you're going to see the Super Bowl streamed live streamed and that's the only way you're going to be able to get it is pay for the service that's my prediction mark it down
4: All
2: right. KBOI news time uh, time for another check on what's going on with uh, sports brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA getting today breakfast or lunch 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Pork Belly and CUNA
3: there's basketball tonight at Extra Mile Arena Nevada Las Vegas tips off against Boise State for television the game won't start until 8 p.m. the running rebels are 8 and 7 overall they're 1 and 2 in the Mountain West the Broncos are 12 and 4 overall and 3 and 0 in conference. Boise State is favored tonight by six points. Also tonight, Air Force plays at Colorado State. San Jose State visits Fresno State, and number 16 Utah State travels to New Mexico. There were two NFL wild card round playoff games Monday. In the early game, Josh Allen threw three touchdown passes and ran for one more as Buffalo stopped Pittsburgh 31-17. In the late game, Baker Mayfield passed for 337 yards and three touchdowns as Tampa Bay both surprised and routed Philadelphia 32-9. to The Eagles didn't score in the second half of that game. There are eight teams remaining for this weekend's divisional round. Saturday at 2.30, Houston travels to Baltimore. Then at 6.15, it'll be Green Bay at San Francisco. Sunday, the Buccaneers play at Detroit at 1 o'clock. And Kansas City faces the Bills at 4.30. That's sports.
0: Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now
1: back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. 754 208 336
2: 3700. We talked about this uh, about a month ago, um, and it was predictable what was going to happen when Shohei Otani signed his new contract and uh, agreed to be only paid two million dollars per year for 10 years and then get 68 million dollars a year um after that california is mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore really the deferred payments in shohei atani's contract with the los angeles dodgers are at the center of a request to congress by california's top fiscal officer for a change in tax code california controller malaya Cohen wants Congress to cap deferred payments. The request comes four weeks after the two-way star and the Los Angeles Dodgers agreed to a $700 million 10-year contract. The agreement contains $680 million in deferred payments due 2034 through 2043. If Otani is not living in California at the time he receives the deferred money, He will avoid what currently is the state's 13.3% income tax and 1.1% payroll tax for state disability insurance, that according to the Associated Press. Contract is structured so that Otani will receive, as I mentioned, $2 million per year and defer the balance approximately 10 years when he could potentially just return to Japan, where, by the way, he lives, Mm -hmm. and escape payment of California state income taxes on the deferred amount. Cohen's office said in a statement issued last week, I would urge Congress to make immediate and decisive action to rectify this imbalance. Tanya's deal has the potential to save $98 million in state tax, according to the California Center for Jobs and the Economy.
5: Hmm.
2: So, (laughs) I I don't know. As ridiculous as the contract is... um, you you're you're trying to tax him on money not earned as of yet mm-hmm. if he moves out of state. Um I don't know if this is so going they to go
3: through or not. Congress to act just to mess with
2: Shohei Otani. Yeah, just okay. because of Shohei Otani. Oh, by the way, he he's not the only one that deferred payments. Um it's gonna be interesting to watch um because the Dodgers are the first one to start to take advantage of this so that they don't have um the jihugic massive Uh, tax implications for themselves because you're the luxury tax you're only allowed a certain amount of money they're jihugic and enormous. they um recently signed um oh gosh former player from the uh seattle seahawks outfielder uh for 23 million dollars uh for the mariners um oh what was i teoscar hernandez yeah um for 23 million dollars uh he just deferred 10 million dollars of his payment also Mm -hmm. which once again helps when it comes to taxes um because you know he can move to his home state where there are no taxes and not have to pay the 13 percent on that extra um 13 million or 10 million dollars as otani could possibly do um but it also helps the dodgers keep below that luxury sales tax uh or luxury uh tax for california and the uh, major league baseball
3: teoscar hernandez uh Probably lives in the Dominican Republic,
2: doesn't he? Yeah, my guess would be that's where his. uh, And I don't know what the taxes are in the Dominican Republic, but I'm guessing probably a lot less in California (laughs) because California also has, um, you know, the uh, sports tax, where if you are uh, you pay more money if you're a member of a major league or NFL or any one of the sports leagues, you have to pay more Um, uh, money for their jock tax. Traditionally, all over the I mean, all over the Caribbean.
3: Uh, they have uh, banks that really, really treat uh, people with a lot of money
0: very well. Very well. Day from ten to one. It's Dan Bongino.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Eight oh seven on the way. Uh, a little bit later this hour, uh, we're going to have Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it is Tuesday, but uh, we were off yesterday, so we will talk about the upcoming game tonight. Home courts, winning streak, longest in the nation. We'll be on the line against right. UNLV again tonight. You'll be hearing all the action, by the way, on 670 AM as usual. If you don't like basketball, or you're not a Bronco fan, well, then you can listen to regular programming on 93.1 FM. Bob Beeler will be with us coming up here in about 30 minutes. We'll talk about uh, the week... Last week, uh, where we're headed this week, a couple of really important games. Uh, it, all the games in the Mountain West this year um, are going to be important. And now that we are halfway through the month, you just look at the carnage already that uh, yeah. we have seen in the Mountain West with teams being upset. Um, for instance, Boise State, we talked about it this morning, um, were not favorites in either of the games that they won last week and ended up winning. Uh, First, yeah. by the way, uh, I haven't looked uh, as of after Friday's game, but Boise State was the first team to win, um, I believe, on the road in the Mountain West. They were, I I I, I believe so at that mm. time. At that time, now I don't know if that's true uh, any longer. But as of Friday, I think Boise State was the first team to win on the road. Twice, I'm sorry, twice, twice on the road. There okay. it was. Yeah, first team to win twice on the road. So it's going to be very important, as we've talked about, that uh, whoever's going to win is probably going to have to win almost all of their games at home and then get a steal or two on the road. And I think you would, you would count the Nevada game kind of kind of a steal. Mm-hmm. In that Nevada has given Boise State trouble at. Lawler Event Center. Every year, no matter how good Boise State was or how bad Nevada was, it's just a <laughs> tough place to play. Mm-hmm. And they did they did very well. Some so, rivalries are like that. We'll talk more about uh, that coming up here in about uh, twenty five minutes from now. A Boise School District board member, you see, this was tackled last week after he was protesting a uh, at Ron DeSantis presidential campaign event. Shiva Ragbandari. Who attended Boise High Schools, uh, elected to the school board in 2022, tackled by security Thursday in Ames, Iowa, after he jumped on stage. It's a pretty big no, no, mo- no. Yeah, <laughs>
3: it, 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 really
2: is. Um, while DeSantis was speaking, he, uh, shouted, Ron DeSantis is a climate criminal. Tried to display a banner that read, DeSantis, climate criminal. Rajman Jari, uh, has been, the second of three protesters who interrupted the uh, governor that day. He is an undergraduate student at the University of North Carolina right now at Chapel Hill and said he was at the DeSantis event with Sunrise Movement, a nonprofit focused on climate crisis. This was not the first time that Rajmandari has uh, run into trouble during climate activism. He was arrested, you remember, in September of last year, charged with obstructing pedestrian traffic and failure to comply with a lawful order to disperse while protesting during Climate Week in I, New York. I did not remember that. Rajmandari uh, elected to the Boise School Board of Trustees. He's been on our uh, station a couple of times. We've uh-huh. talked to him. While he was a senior at Boise High, he uh, completed his two-year term from afar while he attends college. School District clarified that he still meets eligibility and residency requirements and may continue to serve as a trustee. Board President Dave Wagers. Said in a statement, personally, I found trustee Rajmandari's recent addicts in Iowa disrespectful. More importantly, his behavior undermines the work of our board, our teachers, and our administration, uh, and administrators and the work they do every day to ensure our students and families are treated with respect and dignity. So basically, knock it off. He, really, it's all he can really say. Yeah. He said, went on to say, frankly, his actions do not undermine the trust or community places in our school, but also our board's ability to work as a team. Wagers also explained that while the board does not approve of his actions, it does not have the authority to remove him as a trustee because he was duly elected by the voters in the district. Which, by the way, I think most people would approve of. It's like, we don't like what you're doing, so we're just going to remove you. (laughs) voters voted you in voters have uh yeah. the right to remove you now it'd be interesting well, to see he, his his two year term works. is going to be up this year i don't I, I don't know if he's going to continue to try to get reelected again or not my guess would be probably not because yeah. it sounds like he has other interests uh, having to do with the climate rather than boise right. high school school district all right then yeah 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, want to weigh in this morning? Go ahead. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Coming up, uh, as we mentioned, we have a fifth, uh, not a $50 gift certificate today. We've got uh, tickets to Brian Adams all this week for the Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. He's going to be here at the Ford Idaho Center on January 23rd. That's next week. You want to win, stick around. We'll get to the
1: Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, right after Bronco Sports today. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at one. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
2: Brian Adams Concert Tickets, up for grabs. Going to be here uh, next week, January 23rd, the Ford Idaho Center. And if you don't have tickets, you can go absolutely free by winning them all this week from News Talk KBOI. Chance for you to win right now with Casper and Chris near and Impossible Questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk. Realty call 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. Jennifer is going to get first crack at our question today. Jennifer... You remember watching a Lassie when you, when you were a kid? Sure. Do you? All right. <laughs> I do. Uh You always uh, heard about Lassie saving someone when they fell down a well. Out of the 571 episodes, who were the character or characters that actually fell down a well and had to be saved?
6: It was Lassie.
2: That's it? That's that's it? Just Lassie? Yep. That is it. That Lassie is, it. is the only one. Yeah. Timmy never fell down a well and had to be saved, although you always heard that. It's like, what, well, it what's the matter? Did somebody a, fell down a well? Is, well, it, is like, it Timmy? Like many things, it was from a comedy routine that was making fun of Lassie. Lassie is the only character uh, that ever fell down a well and had to be saved. Congratulations, Jennifer. That $50 gift certificate to Brian Adams, I hope I hope you're a big Brian Adams fan.
5: I love Brian Adams. He's awesome. Well, you're right. going.
2: You get a chance uh to see him. Stay on the line. Got to get some information from you. If you didn't win this morning, don't worry. We got Brian Adams concert tickets all week long. All for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible questions. Uh-huh. So listen in every morning about this same time for your chance to win Brian Adams. Stick around. Uh, we'll take a break. We got news coming up here at the uh, bottom of the hour. And then we're going to get to uh, Bob Beeler. It's Bronco Monday. Yes, I know it's Tuesday, but it's Bronco Monday on a Tuesday because we had yesterday off. We'll be talking about the games last week, games over the weekend. We'll talk about the Mountain West and what's ahead for Boise State beginning tonight and later
1: this week. It's all on the way. Don't go away. Is Bronco Monday? Shaver step
10: back three. He got it.
1: Uh, on a Tuesday, because yesterday was a holiday and today <laughs> is Tuesday. So yeah, forget what day it is. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Boise State basketball news talk, KBOI. Um, that particular uh, sweeper right there is the reason why
10: I love uh, Bronco Mondays on Tuesdays. (laughs) Well, and then how about the fact that Friday night was the game. All weekend I was kind of thrown off because Mm -hmm. I got back on Saturday morning from Reno and it kind of felt like a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday felt like Sunday and then Mm -hmm. yesterday felt like Sunday. It was almost what's, a month Sunday. What, what does today feel like then? feels like Monday. Okay, good. well, good. But well, we got a basketball game Monday. tonight. Yeah. We generally never Which play that. Which throws bat-
2: you off again.
10: <laughs> yeah, so a big one tonight. And again, when you keep winning, games keep getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And Boise State tonight uh, takes on UNLV. It'll be an 8 o'clock start. Uh, CBS Sports Network, that's the right. extra hour that we have to wait for the game. And they're facing UNLV, a team they've owned over the last couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boise State has won eight straight against UNLV. But maybe more importantly, they've won 22 straight at home. Longest winning streak that's active in the country for home court. And a tremendous win at Nevada. I I thought coming into the game that Nevada may have been the most complete team Mm -hmm. in the conference. Most athletic, biggest, strongest, maybe deepest. And uh, none of that proved true as Boise State went in there, got the lead at the end of the first half. and, And... Held on in the second half, did a nice job. The one thing that uh, I saw last week
2: in the two games that they won last week, and I hope we see that going forward, that they're able to continue that, is um, I saw a team that now in Mountain West play is just s- so much more defensively than some of the games we saw earlier in the season. Uh, I just came away really impressed with how Roddy did in the uh, first game last week and how the whole team did in – Defense and also offensive rebounding. I th- I think the offensive rebounding and I don't know if you agree with this made the
10: difference in the game. Well, it was eleven to two against Nevada, and there were a couple sequences where they got more than one offensive there rebound. Was one didn't it go like four three, or four. A three or four. Yeah, <laughs> um, offensive rebound, defensive rebound. They out-rebounded Nevada by nineteen. Wow. They've shortened the bench. The starters are now playing thirty minutes apiece. Less players are coming in off the bench. Which is normal. Generally speaking, in non-conference part of the season, more guys play, main guys play less minutes. And then as you get into the conference season, the matchups get a little harder, Mm -hmm. and and the bench gets a little bit shorter, which has been the case. And then, as you say, defense, they held both Colorado State and Nevada, two of the higher-scoring teams in the league, both below 60 in the games this past
2: week. And... I mean, Nevada has two very good guards, and, I mean, they got their points, uh, but they had to shoot a lot to get to their and, and they really
10: didn't get there. I mean, they got a little below their average. Yeah. Anytime you're holding in a tight game, your opponent's best players below their average, which is what they've done, Stevens, at Colorado State, the uh, their midweek game, and then the weekend game against Nevada, Lucas and Blackshear were both under their average. And then to your point, Mike, they did it on – a very low percentage. Under, what was that,
2: like 5 of 15 or 4 of 15 yeah. for each of them, yeah. respectively, so, something like that?
10: Yeah, so you're not going to win a lot of games if you're shooting, if your best people are shooting. Think, think of the Boise State-Washington game before Christmas. It's right. the only one that Boise State has lost since uh, December 5th. In that game, Rice and Dagenhardt, I believe, combined for like 5 for 20. And Boise State didn't win. Right. So if you if your main people are struggling to shoot, you better have some other guys off the bench <laughs> that really come on strong. Exactly. Speaking of other guys, you mentioned Roddy Anderson. The transformation for him this past week has been unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he he didn't score against Colorado State but had eight assists, mm-hmm. only two turnovers. And then they did a lot of double teaming at Nevada where they were trying to take Stanley out of the game, and they kind of did offensively. But... Then Anderson came up with twelve points, which tied a career high—at least a career high—with Boise State. He had, had more points in a game when he was at UC San Diego last year. Well, yeah, so, and some of those came, seven of those came in like a two or three-minute span. Well, if you look at—I keep—I don't have it in front of me here, but I keep a running score with notes for highlights, right. and I'll put like Rice, Stan, Deg, and you know just shorthands of mm-hmm. who's got what baskets in what order. This year's team has done that a lot. Like Stanley has had a lot of his points in bunches. Degenhardt has had a lot of his points in bunches as well. ABO gets hot at certain times. And when you are right about Anderson, too, this time. So I think the starting lineup is really finding itself with with Anderson at the one, Rice at the two, ABO at the three, Degenhardt at the four, and Stanley at the five. Yeah,
3: I was uh, very happy to see Anderson score 12 points simply because, I mean, his job is to get it to those three guys who can all shoot. But if
10: if one of them is uh, you know uh, being double teamed, hey, take the shot. And, and they did double. They double teamed inside Nevada. Did mm-hmm. more than anybody I've seen. Now it was effective at kind of slowing down Stanley. He only had one basket. Did make six free throws towards the end for eight points, but still had nine rebounds. And other players scored. So I think when you double team. You do, you know, there are benefits to double teaming, but there are also negatives to yeah. double teaming as well. You if one guy is, open. if one guy is the whole team, double team him. Mm-hmm.
3: But if if everybody's good, you, you probably can't.
10: I'll, I'll be interested tonight to see if UNLV does that. My guess is going to be no, because I think they're going to have <laughs> enough confidence in some of their inside guys, mm-hmm. yeah. with the with the Boone brothers who are new. And, uh, you know, this is a team that's got a couple holdovers from last year, but a couple of new faces because of transfer.
2: The other thing, uh, you talk about shortening the bench, and shortening of the bench is expected, uh, not necessarily a a bad thing. The good thing is, though, uh, the thing that I noticed this year, when you shorten that bench, if you have to expand it due to foul trouble Mm -hmm. or players getting tired or whatever... You have guys that can, can come in, and they don't necessarily have to be guys you count on for points. But what Bo- Boise State, I don't think, had last year is when those players came in um, when foul trouble happened is they didn't play great defense. I, I mean, I can remember last year, I was like, dude, you've got to cover your guy. Now when at least the guys that are coming in when you have the problem with foul problems or need a rest, the guys are playing great defense um,
10: that are coming in. Well, Martin played again off the bench after missing the Colorado State game. I guess he has shoulder issues. Um, Whiting, I think Whiting's minutes have gone down a little bit this past week. As Anderson's minutes have gone up, they were pretty much a 50-50 split, yeah. but now it's it's more more Anderson getting more time. And uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this team. Andrew Meadow is a freshman that really had a good game against Colorado State. Played some against against Nevada, and I mm-hmm. think I think his minutes are going to end up going up as the year moves along.
2: We'll take a break. KBOI Newstown is 842. It is Bronco Monday on Tuesday. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll hear from the coach.
0: Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. 844. It is Bronco Monday on
2: Tuesday. Bob Beeler uh, with us. Very long day for Bob today. He has to be in here early with us. And then
10: a uh, late tip-off for tonight's game against UNLV. Yeah, and then at the end of the night, I've got to do some reports that air on KBOI News. God Happy bless today. you and the yeah. fine work you so do. Today, today will be a long day, <laughs> but it'll be a good day because it'll be a, a really good game with UNLV. Let's hear from, from Coach Rice. He spoke to the media yesterday. Heading into the weekend, there were four unbeaten teams in the Mountain West. San Diego State got beat at New Mexico. Nevada, of course, got beat at home against Boise State. Utah State with kind of a miracle finish to beat UNLV by a point and Boise State, of course, as we mentioned, beat Nevada. So Broncos tied for first with no losses. Coach Rice talked about why the Broncos are atop the Mountain West.
8: Well, I think it goes back to the valley of death we went through and the teams that we played. And they, there wasn't a lot of easy ones on our schedule, and And our guys had a great mentality, great approach, great toughness, and we got better because of that. And and then, you know, you get those new guys accustomed to playing together, and that, that – that makes you a better team. 100% agree with coach Rice. They had a tough schedule.
10: They probably didn't win as many as they wanted to with four losses. They have no bad losses on the schedule, which is something even the two teams that went to the tournament last year, those two teams the last two years had some bad losses. So he's right. I don't I don't think they win the Colorado State game without having the schedule that they played that get them tougher. Uh, UNLV's team coming in here. They have been hot and cold this year. and Coach Rice uh, is very worried about what the Rebels offer against him.
8: Well, they got shooting. They got athleticism. They got size. They got a, a point guard who's wise beyond his years. You know, he's young, but he doesn't play young. And uh, bigs that can score, you know, lots of shooters and lots of athleticism. And so you put that all together, you're like – that's uh drives a hard bargain, no matter what no matter who you're who they're playing. I mean, I saw what they did to creighton, and you know they they take out the first few minutes of that San Diego State game that was a you know the New mexico game and on and on. and you take out the last eight twelve seconds of the <laughs> of the last game I mean you know it could be a completely different record and or whatever season, and, and you know, so we know we know that they're really really good, and they're going to be a big big challenge, and we're going to, have to play a, a great game, and we're going to have to have a great crowd. So you know, to have that home court,
10: twenty-two in a row at home, number one as far as home court win streak in the country. Uh, Boise State also with a nice little streak going against UNLV. They've won eight straight against the Rebels, including three last season two of those games were close one of them the last one in the conference tournament went to overtime but Boise State has done well against UNLV we mentioned Roddy Anderson last two games Colorado State 34 minutes eight assists against Nevada he had 12 points also in 34 minutes coach talked about what he's been able to contribute the last week Well, we're trying to get consistency
8: you know a great player has to show up every night and be consistent and it's not always about the points you know, it's about how you do all the other things. And two of the things that I'm really pleased at is he takes care of the ball really well and get, makes others better. He had eight assists the one night. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And then he's really, really buying in defensively now. And, you know, he's such a good athlete that that if he gets a consistency of that, uh, which we've seen for few games is you know that's really going to help this team and that's one of the reasons you're getting better is because those guys are becoming more consistent in our system
10: and one of the guys becoming more consistent is omar stanley the 6-8 center he as a starter and he started the last 10 games is averaging almost 14 and a half points a game he's had more than 10 rebounds three times had nine in the last game uh nevada double teamed him a lot made it more tough tough made it tougher for him to score and this is what coach rice had to say about stanley
8: yeah he, those guys are going to face lots of double teams no doubt and mm-hmm. and so we just have to keep getting better at it no, um, but the thing i was most proud of omar about is he made winning play after winning play after go even i think he was one for eight and he didn't affect his mind his mind was to help the team he goes and gets that huge offensive rebound gets fouled and then makes six free throws in a row where there was no getting himself, like, oh, I got a uh, feeling sorry for himself, or oh, I'm one for eight, I haven't got, you know, many clean looks, because the double team, couple turnovers, all that. No, he was on to the, his response was near perfect. And that that's, that, that is such a good sign. I mean, because, you know, we've had great players in this program that it took them a long time to, to be able to do that. And. You know he's making great progress because that's a hard thing to do. You want to play great, and and he was he had played so great. You know, so you just don't get too caught up in. Sometimes the ball doesn't go in, and you still are playing great. And you know the ball didn't go in for him that night, but everything he did helped us win that game. When you look
10: at what Stanley did at St. John's, they used him a little more outside than Boise State has used him. He averaged five points, three rebounds. Started half the games played in them all for St. John's. Maybe the biggest number that comes fifty six percent at the free throw line at St. John's and he's shooting almost eighty percent wow, for gosh. Boise State. Now I've been told that over the summer they kinda changed his free throw form a little bit, and I'm looking forward when I get to interview Stanley again, ask him you know what actually did they change? Because it's tough to usually they, to go from the fifties yeah. to almost eighty in one usually year. They end up putting a little bit of
3: more of an arc in it.
2: And exactly what Leon Rice is, uh, said there, and I, even before I heard him say that, the, the one thing that I liked about Stanley is he doesn't hang his head. And he, I mean, he was doing other things beyond scoring that helped Boise State win that game. And we've seen a lot of players in the past from Boise State uh, get frustrated visibly frustrated if they either don't get the ball or their shot isn't falling and it affects their game and you didn't you didn't see that with uh, stanley this last game
10: and i and i don't think it just seems like this team is a very good cohesive unit in that if, if somebody is having a tough night offensively they'll find other ways to contribute and other people pick up the slack nice start three and zero in the league yeah, you can't. The only way they could
2: have had a better start, and we talked about this early this morning, is uh, that bad beat with uh, Utah State UNLV because they could have been in first. They could have woke up uh, to this week in first place by themselves uh, if that game. You know, 8.4 seconds left and you have a four-point lead and you lose it. Uh, That game would have held steady. You could have had a a big week
10: starting out. And and five points on the same play. Yeah, But Boise State, the the statistics are just going wild as far as since December 5th. They've moved from 131 to 44 in the computer rankings. That's not bad. That's a pretty no. big,
2: that's a pretty nice jump. Um, we can continue to, uh, see that this week. It starts tonight once again. Um, you'll, uh, hear it here on News Talk KBY 670 AM for those of you who want to, uh, listen in to regular programming. You'll get it on 93.1, uh, FM. We'll take a break when we come back. Uh, we'll look at the rest of the Mountain Wests. What's ahead for the week and also, uh, look ahead to important games at home for Boise State.
0: Now. Back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos. News talk, KBOI. It's
2: actually Bronco Monday on Tuesday, talking about, uh, Boise State basketball. Big important game coming in, uh, tonight. It's trying to extend the longest win streak, home win streak in the nation. Boise State takes on, uh, UNLV. Uh, what should we, uh, keep an ear on tonight, uh, with your call?
10: Well, they've got a freshman point guard, and Boise State's done a nice job on the last two point guards. D. Don Thomas, Jr., his dad had played at UNLV in the 90s. 12 points, 6.6 assists, which is third best in the conference. And you say, oh, well, third best in the conference. But eighth best in the country. Boise, The Mountain West has got some really good point guards, so they're going to have to control him. And then they have twins, Keelon Boone and Caleb Boone, who together average about uh, 25 points and uh, looking at the numbers, about another 11 or so rebounds. Uh, The Twins, uh, one of the boons was ineligible to start the season in a court case basically that threw out the double transfer rule, put him eligible, so he's only played in the last eight. And then their two holdovers are Luis Rodriguez, who's improved a lot from last year, and, and Justin Webster. I think like a lot of teams, they're starting five, you know, Better than the people that will come off the bench. Uh, they were hurt when uh, Jalen Hill, a, a fifth-year player transfer from Oklahoma, tore his knee ACL, and, and he's missed the last seven or eight games.
2: You know, uh, mentioned the boons were transfers. Where did they come from
10: last year? Do you know? Well, them? basically both of them were Oklahoma State. The, okay. The One of them, Keelan, the one that was the eligibility was in question, played three years at Oklahoma State and last year at the University of Pacific down in California. So both of them are... Reuniting to right. play together, and and they go six eight six nine, and they're pretty formidable two guys inside. For there are,
2: um, are other games of interest in the Mountain West this well, week.
10: Yeah, and of course the Saturday game, and it's not a misprint. It is eleven in the morning against <laughs> San Diego State, so don't think it's a typo, and you yeah, miss the game. Utah State's at New Mexico. Uh, Utah State is at New Mexico tonight, and you, you, New Mexico looked like world beaters against San Diego State. And I, tomorrow, I predicted Nevada, a loss there for tonight, by the way. You're going to go with New Mexico to yeah, win? Yeah,
2: at the pit. I, it's just okay. so hard to play there.
10: And then tomorrow, Nevada has to try to bounce back from a tough loss to Boise State. There at San Diego State, who's going to be mad after their loss <laughs> at New Mexico.
2: Just a brutal, brutal league this year. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Makes it fun for you and fun for us to watch. And then San Diego State comes to town this coming Saturday. Um, No rest,
10: right? Six teams are in the top fifty in the computer rankings. Six out of the eleven. That's good. In the top fifty. All right, Bob, we'll be looking forward to
2: your call uh, tonight. Once again, you can hear it on 670 AM. For those of you who uh, are not basketball fans, you can listen to regular programming on 93.1 FM.
0: Thanks, Bob. Great talking to you again. Good luck this week, and have some fun. Thanks, guys. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now
1: back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and
7: local on News Talk KBOI. Frigid temperatures dampening turnout at last night's caucuses, the smallest number of votes cast in a quarter century. That didn't have an effect on the forecasted results as frontrunner Donald Trump secured a commanding victory.
5: Trump's 30-point win, the largest for any Republican candidate in a contested Iowa caucus.
8: I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together. <laughs>
5: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis staked his entire campaign on the state, coming in a distant second, but edging out former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Haley, who was betting on a strong finish to launch her into New Hampshire, falling short and into third. ABC's Rachel
7: Scott in New Hampshire. Vivek Ramaswamy came in a distant fourth, suspending his campaign late Monday and endorsing Donald Trump.
4: There you go. Our first
2: campaign stop, official campaign stop for primaries and caucuses. Next week, New Hampshire, second on the docket, followed by South Carolina. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, Donald Trump got
3: 51% of the vote, and DeSantis got, what, 21%. 21%, yeah. And DeSantis just cheered about that, and he said uh, you know, to the crowd of supporters that he had that,
2: hey, we punched our ticket.
10: Well,
3: sort of.
2: He he has to be a little excited because polling last week showed him in third place, mm-hmm. and he has spent a massive amount of money in Iowa just so that he could be in second place. Because if he showed up third there, um, and then go to go to New Hampshire, shows up third there, and maybe to South Carolina, at third there, uh, for all intents and purposes, you, he's toast. Mm-hmm. He's he's done. Um, Nikki Haley is now in that. Uh, position, be, wanting to hold on at least till Super Tuesday.
3: I'm just not used to seeing somebody who uh, lost by 30 percentage <laughs> points, you know, acting like, wow, what a big victory for us.
2: That was uh, one of the only things he was happy about yesterday, uh, because the AP and a few other media outlets, um, within an hour of the caucus's beginning, <laughs> declared, <Hold> a, it. <laughs> declared a winner, um, you know, hours before... There had only been eight precincts reporting, by the yeah. way, um, and Ron DeSantis uh, alleged that early race calling is, in quoting here, election interference. He said you should not be able to call the race until all the precincts you know, close, and, and I kind of agree with What that. was
3: it, about 1988 or either 88, 90, or 92, I can't remember when, but it was around that time that networks stopped doing that uh, until all the polls were closed uh, in the states that they were calling, you know. Yeah, it, it, it used to be. I mean, sometimes you'd turn on the TV at noon, and they'd say, "We're
2: projecting in Pennsylvania that." You well, know, and what do they usually say before that? What we're projecting? Yeah, it was like whoever it is, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, whatever. Um, we would like to be the first to project that Donald Trump <laughs> every time they say it, it's like we'd like to because you wanted to be first mm-hmm. so you were racing to to announce it before anybody else did. Are,
3: is, is there really anybody that, that watches all the channels on election night and goes okay they don't
2: have it yet they don't have it yet they don't have it hey, back to number two. <laughs> well it's kind of like the same thing that you hear with uh, news organizations on news stories. Yeah. We were the first to report this news story last mm-hmm. week and here's your follow-up. If you just happen to be watching you <laughs> might have seen it. Does, does anybody care care that, that you were first to report it i i don't think so how about, how about uh, just being
3: the most accurate that would be cool
2: hey there you go uh in uh addition to the uh caucus yesterday polling is out new polling is out this week um one-third of u.s adults say they approve of president biden's job performance a record low for his presidency and for any president in the last 15 years It's an ABC News uh, Ipsos poll conducted January 4th through the 8th. Only 33% of those surveyed said they approve of Biden, a drop from the previous poll in September. The last poll they held, which was 37% approval of his performance. Biden's disapproval rating right now is 58%. That's up from 56% in September. I
3: always love that. 33% approve, 58% don't
2: approve. So 9% aren't even aware he's president. ABC News uh, said it's the lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush from 2006 to 2008. Trump led Biden when asked whether the candidate had the mental sharpness to serve effectively and whether they were in good enough physical health to serve effectively. Both, though, saw their numbers dip when compared to last May. For Biden, 28% of respondents said he has the uh, adequate mental sharpness. That was down from 32% last year. Well, 28% says he's in good enough physical health, down from 33% last year. For Trump, 47% say he has uh, adequate mental sharpness, a drop from 54% last May, but still significantly better than Biden's polling. 57% say he has good enough physical health, which is down from 64% last year. One sliver of good news for Biden's campaign could come from uh, the decrease in his disapproval rating for his handling of the economy, and he has been pounding his economy and Bidenomics now for months. His approval on the economy is 31%, which is up 30% from 30% in September. Not, Not up a bunch, but at least it's one of his numbers that isn't down like all the rest. The poll surveyed, by the way, in case you're curious, 2,228 adult probable voters, and had a margin of error of plus or minus 2.5 percentage points. In another poll, top three GOP GOP presidential candidates are all leading President Biden in a hypothetical general election matchup. According to CBS News, YouGov poll found that former President Trump, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and former Governor Ron DeSantis each would edge out Biden in a head-to-hedge matchup. While Trump remains clear favorite in the GOP primary, it's actually Nikki Haley who is faring the best if there would be a matchup between Nikki Haley and Joe Biden. Yeah. Haley had an eight-point lead over Biden, 53% support to 45%. Uh, DeSantis received 51% of the vote. President Biden, 48% in a head-to-head matchup. And uh, Trump... And Biden, the two front runners runners for the twenty twenty four election, uh, closest among the presidential hopefuls. The poll found fifty percent of respondents would vote for Trump, and forty eight percent would vote for Biden. But of so course, it's pretty much the same
3: number for Biden almost every time. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's just that there's different support for the GOP candidates in a head to head matchup. And right now, Donald Trump would be third out of DeSantis, Trump and Nikki Haley with Nikki Haley leading if there were to be a head-to-head matchup. However, it's a long shot, especially over the next few weeks. If we get to Super Tuesday and uh, Trump has won as decisively in New Hampshire and in South Carolina as he did in Iowa, it's going to be hard for any of the other candidates to make any inroads.
3: Do you honestly think he'll lose any any primaries? I really don't.
2: He... uh, I, I, can, I can I don't know which states, I, I would have thought California, but because of recent rule changes, and California's part of Super Tuesday, um, they're predicting he could have a clean sweep of California. He would get all the delegates well, I mean, in California, which would be huge.
3: You know, I mean, in, in, the, uh, in the primaries, it's only the Republicans who vote, so yeah, I suppose so.
2: pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on the uh, first caucus uh, that happened yesterday, by the way, uh, you heard in the news, uh, least attended because of weather. And we predicted that last week. It could Mm -hmm. That could have had an effect on Nikki Haley.
3: Which is weird because weather doesn't usually stop things in Iowa. They have terrible weather and people just keep going. Yeah. You know, these are these are people who will drive home and go, hey, look, a tornado.
2: Des Moines uh, reports were Des Moines with the windchill factor 30 below zero mm-hmm. last night um, as they began the uh, caucuses. Um, you know, it, some people, I guess, that, that would have an effect. I, I would say, you know, especially older people, they go, I can't be out in this. Yeah. yeah. I've, uh, I've never missed a vote in 30 below. I, I would miss that one. <laughs> Kenny in Boise, listening on 93.1 FM, good morning.
11: Hey, good morning, guys. Listen, I was just going to follow through on what Chris said a little while ago about when they decided to quit uh, calling races. That was during Bush Gore, and they actually called Florida. And this is when I found out that the panhandle of Florida is in central time mm. because those polls were still open, and they called Florida.
3: So they were For still go- doing it up till
11: uh, through 2000 then? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Totally, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. It's uh, pretty sure. interesting last night yeah. uh, with the voting there, or uh, with the caucuses there in uh, in uh, Iowa. So uh, you, know, you know, what I was leaving, I-, I was leaving Iowa at the end of January last year, and it kind of was the same conditions. It was below zero when I headed back to Boise. So you
2: know, I'm going I'm to I'm ask you. I'm going to ask you, Kenny. Uh, we've got a caucus coming up this year in uh, March. If it's thirty below zero, are you headed to that caucus? <laughs>
11: Well, yeah, because I don't want to be around Cloverdale any, uh, any time around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: uh, that's true. Cloverdale plumbing could get a little bit busy, huh?
11: Oh, I, we were, I was telling some stories about it. If you don't mind, here I'll just take a second. I remember one time, uh, before, this was before cell phones, and before I could get out of the house, I had eight numbers, phone numbers uh, for people. Uh, before I could get to the shop, and by ten o'clock, I had a, over a hundred, oh, wow. and it was you know, maybe twelve, fourteen below zero at that time. <laughs> one lady, one lady was screaming at me. She goes, "But I'm having a party tonight. This <laughs> was a Saturday." And I said, "Well, I'm, I'll put you." I said, "I'll put you on the list of all the people having a party." Uh, you know
2: um. some people have more important reasons to want their <laughs> water and thawed uh thank you yeah, kenny
6: <laughs> appreciate right. the call you guys have a good day you too yeah, bye
2: 208- 2083 tell, 3- tell them it's a theme party 208 pound 670 on your verizon wireless uh if you want to weigh in you can also email us chris at kby.com mike
0: at
1: kby.com
0: Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 921. Uh, just want to talk about uh, roads, weather again this morning and remind people it doesn't matter if you have a big, huge four wheel drive pickup truck, it doesn't stop when it hits snow or slick roads any quicker than a non-four-wheel drive. I'm saying this because um, we're done with our uh, updates, uh, but Debbie McAllister, who does our updates throughout the morning, is in and just said it's all of a sudden starting to see, we're starting to see slide-offs and crashes all around because apparently some light snow is falling right now and very slick. So be aware that uh, right now, Probably worse conditions than what we have seen all morning as far as uh, driving. So be careful tomorrow morning. Make your plans uh, if you're driving into work. Allow extra time because forecasters saying we're expecting beginning later this evening into tomorrow morning. Two to four inches. uh, That's from the National Weather Service. Uh, Winter uh, weather advisory will be in effect from about 7 o'clock tonight until 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Mary, who uh, happens to live right next door to our uh, transmitter site out near
3: CUNA, uh, uh, just sent me uh, a picture, uh, and it is minus nine at her place, and she wrote, this is, this is ridiculous, <laughs> and I told her it was a lot colder uh, at your place than it is here, and she said, always, it, it used to be a joke that we lived in a whole different climate, not funny anymore in cuna you know
2: that is that is crazy we talked about this earlier this morning because when i left my house in nampa it was four below and as i got closer to boise it kept getting warmer by meridian um it was at zero and then by boise it was five but that's a difference right there and she just she just texted that in just recently right Mm -hmm. just moments ago yeah um we're at nine in downtown boise that's an 18 degree difference from cuna to boise which is just Pretty crazy when you consider that short a distance in an 18-degree uh, difference. Um, no name on this text message, but they write in it is snowing in Parma right now in six degrees below zero in Parma. So cold out there, too. Uh, Jen, with an email this morning, uh, writes in, I just read that Filer School District canceled school today because the buses won't start due to cold temps. Do they have electric buses? That's rhetorical. When it gets this cold, sounds like it doesn't matter if it's electric or uh, not. Um, I did check for you. Uh, Filer does not have electric buses. Um, however, 90% of all school bu- buses in the nation are diesel powered, and diesel engines have a hard time starting in the cold. I can remember growing up, we always had to plug in, um, our tractors and, uh, any of our trucks that we use to feed cattle early in the morning, or they wouldn't start when it was zero or five below zero. Um, so Filer could have had that problem this morning. With their school buses um, not possibly being prog- plugged in and being diesel, they probably had problems starting for that reason. Mm.
3: Let's see. Uh, Denny in Nampa says, So silently, with smirk firmly in place, I wait in the background for that proverbial egg to explode all over the face of any national network who once again crows that they are first to report a winner in any political race that isn't even half over good grief (laughs) well that's pretty much every two years isn't it yeah
2: and i i get it you want to be first you want to you want to have the story of hey we're predicting such and such i i wish there was some rule um that you had to wait until whatever caucus primary or election was over or or even a minimum just say um 80% 80% I'd be happy if you 80% of the precincts have to be reporting before you're allowed to actually report but I would like it until all they just close them
3: JD just checked in from uh, Blackfoot minus eight minus eight in Blackfoot
2: Wow so I think Boise's might be the warm spot in the Treasure Valley this morning at nine right now in downtown Rance uh, wrote in on a story we told you a, a little bit uh, uh, earlier this morning So how is this Shiva character, this is uh, Shiva Raghmadari, traveling to all these events while he's stirring up trouble? Isn't he the anti-petroleum camp? Is he walking to all these places? (laughs) What an embarrassment for Idaho citizens, particularly people from Boise. Um, I doubt if he is uh, walking to these places. So yeah, you have kind of a good point. I don't know if he's driving. Maybe he could be driving his electric vehicle. He could have an electric vehicle and he's driving place to place. Would that make you feel better? Probably not. 208 336, 3700 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break when we uh, come back. Apparently, COVID is back in the uh, Boise area. And apparently, we have the highest levels of COVID right now that we have had since 2022. Do you care? Does it matter? We'll talk about it and ask you that question next.
1: Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.33, uh,
2: not the best of weather starting out January. Another uh, text message is, please make uh, sure people understand that this stuff that they're putting down on the road that gets below freezing, that stuff gets really slick. So it's almost like black ice. Make them aware of that. Thank you. Well, and maybe that's the reason why we have so many slide-offs and crashes here over the last uh, hour or two as we start to see some snow fall in the uh, Treasure Valley light snow. Uh, Another text message, uh, 8 below 0 in Vail this morning. Heard it was 22 below 0 in Jordan Valley. That's why nobody goes to Jordan Valley anymore. Eight, uh, somebody in Mountain Home just texted in. Um, It's eight below in Mountain Home. Time for shorts weather. No.
3: We know somebody. It's not. We know somebody that's been building a house in uh, (laughs) Hawaii County. And, uh, you know, probably send that to them and see if they want to reconsider. (laughs) John uh, says, Boise heat wave. I've always thought of Boise as the banana belt of Idaho. Me, maybe not so much today. It's uh, actually plus seven at Bogus.
2: See now that's weird too because plus plus or bogus you would uh, consider mm-hmm. probably would be below zero like some of the other places in the Treasure Valley.
3: I always think of the Banana Belt of Idaho as being uh, a combination of Lewiston and Hagerman, which are nowhere near each other.
2: <laughs> no. Two uh, zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seven and Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, uh, Mike at kbi dot com, Chris at kbi dot com. Um, told you as we were going to break, uh... talk about COVID. Wastewater analysis sites in Idaho reporting the highest levels of COVID-19 in nearly two years. Levels of the virus in the state's wastewater samples, highest they've been since February of 2022 during the first wave of the Omicron variant. That's according to the latest data from Centers uh, for Disease Control and Prevention. CDC says wastewater monitoring can detect the virus spread from person to person within a community earlier than clinical testing and Mm -hmm. before sick people end up going to the doctor or the hospital. Check the waste products and you will find the story of everything. In Boise, wastewater data follows the statewide and nationwide trend currently. A new variant, which is named JN1, first detected in the United States back in December, is the fastest growing variant in the country right now. Dr. David Pate, former CEO of Boise-based St. Luke's Health System, said that wastewater sequencing, which is more costly to do than simply testing for the virus, allows communities to see which variants are most dominant. For the seven-day period ending November 27th, there was no evidence of JN1 in Boise wastewater. But by December 4th, the variant made a 77% jump. Oh, wow. Said they've never seen a jump like that so fast during any of the COVID years since it began. Wastewater analysis is one of the best methods of tracking the spread, Pate said, as fewer people test and even fewer people report those results mm-hmm. to local or state officials. I think that's a hundred percent true. A lot of people
3: will probably just tell you that at some point in the last four years they've had the flu really bad at yeah. some point, you know. But they don't if they if they never got tested, they just think it's the flu.
2: And I, I mean, quite frankly, because my wife and I, as far as we know, have never had COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, we the times we've had the flu and we've tested for it is never have never tested positive. Yeah. However, if we don't have symptoms and you don't get sick, you can still have COVID, just not feel bad enough to go get tested. Which I mean, we it would be weird that neither of us during this entire time, especially as much as my wife has traveled, that neither mm-hmm. one of us um, yeah would have had would have had COVID on airplanes all the time. Yeah. Typically, people infected with COVID-19 don't become hospitalized until the second or third week of the illness. He said that, uh, Pate said that we can detect an outbreak in wastewater before hospitalizations start to occur. If you are someone who never complains about
3: food and suddenly you are, you, you might want to get checked. Oh, because, because one you one of the first, taste it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't work that way for everybody, but one of the first things it does is uh, uh, get rid of your, your sense of uh, smell and
2: taste. I had a uh, friend's um, high school buddy who lives down here, and both of them had COVID at the same time. And it said, you know, I asked him, Did you lose your taste? And he goes, It wasn't that we lost our taste. It's like everything tasted metallic. It's like if you, you know, you, you'd sit there and you'd have a, a hamburger or a taco or whatever, and it had this copperish metallic yeah. taste. Like to if it.
3: you're drinking from a really gnarly yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, drinking fountain.
2: Um, my question to you and you know i i've i've known the feedback that we've seen from covid covid testing over the past few years does this mean anything to you do you even care that covid seems to be jumping the new uh jn1 variant here in our uh, treasure valley and like like the thing we said from dr david pate we're, we're seeing these increases now and this is usually going to happen ahead of increases of hospitalization and doctors mm-hmm. visits does it is do you care is this just something you live with now and it's like hey i'm probably everybody's going to get sick every year now you're probably going to get the new um covid variant when it when it happens um and it's not that big a deal or is this still still something that you're concerned about i, I don't like to consider an
3: inevitability i mean like death or taxes you know uh <laughs> I mean, because seriously, I mean, even even though you may not... Uh, even Okay, even though you have the attitude that, well, everybody's got to die, you still try not to most of the time, right? Well, yeah. And, and this is... Uh, especially before you're supposed to. That's that's the way I would uh, treat COVID or, or even just if it's a, ba- a bad flu season even. Yeah. I just um, don't go as many places.
2: You know, for, for my... Personally, it's like I'm not worried necessarily personally mm-hmm. for myself. Um, however, I have parents who are... It's weird to call my parents elderly um, because I don't think of them that way, but they are. I mean, my mom's 82 years old. Mm -hmm. I worry for my mom, um, you know, doing things as simply as going to church, which she still does uh, at least uh, once a week. I worry um, her getting it. My father doesn't go anyplace anymore because um, he's... Basically, has needs a new uh, kidney transplant. Transplant, and he's been on dialysis for the last five or six years. So he really doesn't go anywhere except to the uh, doctor. But my mom could bring it home. I worry for them, especially you know the fact that he has uh, not able going to be able to fight it off as well as uh, a healthy younger individual was.
3: Jan uh, checked in and said, "Believe the COVID news in Boise. I had a cold in December because of my medical stuff. I home tested." Positive for COVID, just
2: bad cold sim- symptoms, though. So, I mean, she ended up with COVID. Tom and Emmett, good morning here on News Talk KBOI.
11: Yes, sir. Um, my mother in law, 80 years old, was diagnosed with COVID uh, a week ago. And uh, needless to say, at 80 years old, we held our breath and. Uh, uh, doctors gave her. I wish I could tell you what they gave her, but here it is a week later and uh, she's doing real well. All I right. think it really hit her like a, um, you know, I like flu symptoms. So hopefully that's the variant we have and everybody will be okay in the Valley for the most part. But 80 years old with three existing, uh we were definitely worried, but yeah. it's going real well.
2: So let me ask you, in your, you sound like you're a little bit like me and that um, I'm not especially worried about it, but I do worry about it for um, some family members. Are you kind of a, the same thing for yourself? It's like, okay, I could get it or I could not get it, but I think I can fight it off, so it's not that big a deal, or is it a big deal to you?
11: No, I I I could care less, but, you know, then when an 80-year-old um, loved one gets it, then you hold your breath and, yeah, I worry about that a lot and I'm really takes the way it's come out, but myself, it's, you know, whatever i die from just happens to be the way it's going to be
2: so <laughs> i like that outlook whatever i die from yeah,
3: that's just, it just don't hurry it
2: <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> thank you for the call appreciate it Tom. yeah
3: debbie's parents uh you know they live just outside washington dc and they're both they're both 80 this year and uh they've had it yeah, yeah they had it they've had it this year mm-hmm. and that was
0: their first
3: case yeah yeah, yeah. they'd they never had, had it before
2: Right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, you can do that. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, text message, another text message in. Um, the vaccine campaign, uh, was, were not continued. These variants would self-eliminate. Oh, if the vaccine campaign were not continued, these variants would self-eliminate. Current published research shows that jabs have a negative effect as far as risk for hospitalization and mortality. Keep living life, eat healthy, exercise, take vitamin D. It's here until they quit poking those that are not informed. My dad has been in memory care, no jabs, had COVID two times, still going strong at 85.
3: Well, you know, congratulations on that, but you can't judge everybody by just your dad.
2: Does it matter to you? Has this been going on long enough that it's not a big deal anymore or are you concerned? I'm just curious. This is this is there's no right or wrong answer. You're not you're not going to be ridiculed, I promise. I'm just curious as this is coming back and as we mentioned Dr. David Pate says this is the fastest we've seen a jump in a new variant since the beginning of COVID. Doesn't make a difference. And like I said, we're only seeing this in wastewater. However, wastewater is uh, the best, easiest way uh, to test, not the cheapest way, but the best way, especially nowadays. You know, people are just not reporting their COVID when they get sick. How many people are even testing for it anymore? If, if you, I mean, you go back a year, two years ago, um, if you got the sniffles or anything, your first test was a COVID test. It wasn't like you, you didn't go to the doctor and go, hey, do I have the flu? It's like you took your home COVID test or you went to the doctor. Um, I can remember a number of times um, where I was not feeling well and went to get tested at primary health or one of the others and was met with really, really long lines of lots of people getting tested. You don't see those lines anymore. Is that because you are testing less? You just, if I'm sick, I'm sick. Bob and Nampa, listening on 670 AM. Good morning to you.
4: Morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good. Hey, um, back when this COVID thing started, I went in, oh, it was the first of that following year after this started up, and for my annual poking and prodding and bloodletting, and three, four days later, they kind of called me back and said, do you know you had COVID? I said, no. <laughs> I had no symptoms, whatever uh i think i may have had it one time since i have not had the shot my 91 year old mother had it and for her it was a cold uh i just i think it's a whole lot of to do about nothing it's
3: not though because millions of people have died from it
4: millions of people die every year yeah but uh, about, about 7500 peop- people extra 7, people died people die in the u.s every day I'm yeah
3: something. so what does that mean
4: well, you know, back in the day, if you hadn't got run over by a bus, you died of natural causes. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess they can be more specific about what you died of. But we're all going to die. You know, something's going to get us all eventually. And I, and I think it's just, well, I don't know. I, I don't believe in the shot. I'm not going to get it.
3: Oh, Okay, then.
2: And, and, I appreciate and you, you calling us, you know. And you basically don't care about COVID either, is, is what I'm picking up from
4: you do I not care about it? Well, of course nobody wants to get sick or wants other people to get sick. But I think there were, there were other things behind the COVID issue than just people getting sick. I think it, well, we, we can go into a long discussion about yeah. that. But, well, a lot
3: of it's just uh, crap anyway. You know that, right?
4: Well, some of it is, but, uh, most no, of it. I don't know. I, I, I think it was, there was a, I guess a, an agenda attached to it. I would have to say. And, uh, Unfortunately, it worked out well for him.
2: All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, Seamus Boise listening yeah. on 93.1 you know, FM. I got to tell you, I
3: I think doctors do study all those years just so they can fool a bunch of rednecks. I think that's really <laughs> that, that's their that's their whole uh, you know, modus, uh, their whole MO is is they, they just want to do that. And it's probably worth paying for medical school.
2: Seamus, uh, we're up against a uh, break yeah. here. Stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you. I want to give you a few, uh, uh, plenty of time to talk, but, uh, we're up against a break. Stay right where you're at. We'll come up, uh, next. Don't go away. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless.
1: We got
0: one more segment on the way. Final chance to get through. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: 950 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Seamus, top of the morning to you. Listening in Boise on hey, 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you
6: guys. Uh, love your show. By the way, uh, I just wanted to comment. Um, of course I, my dad has pre existing condition COPD and, uh, but initially I was kind of skeptical and thought, okay, COVID's no big deal. It's just like the flu, you know, and maybe that's some of my bias, but when I finally got it myself, it knocked me down. I was pretty sore and I couldn't like taste anything for a month and I'm kind of a health nut. I like to go to the gym and eat good when I can. I'm not perfect. I suck him to like a burger and pizza and ice cream occasionally, you know, and I don't always hit the gym, but I was very surprised when I got it. And even the um, vaccines, I got three because my work required me to. And the vaccines made me feel funny. So I only took as many as my work required me to. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit spooked both ways. <laughs> I'm not sure about the vaccine, but I'm not sure about COVID either. You know, I just don't know enough out there because everybody has so so much of an opinion. It's hard to know, like, how am I going to be informed? Like, I feel like I can't trust information one way or the other. I just, you know? It's, that's, it's that's sad because comment. it really
2: has uh, kind of gotten to that point, hasn't it? You know, you have so many yeah. uh, different opinions uh, either way that you don't know who to trust. Did you talk to your primary physician yeah, about it?
6: Yeah, yeah, and they... You know, and I, I felt pretty good about getting the third vaccine. And, it, you know, it, I got some a variance in opinion from different nurses and uh, and doctors that, you know, they say because of my age and my health that it's probably fine if I don't get another vaccine, if that's how I really feel, but it would probably be a good idea to get it. You know, they kind of lean towards getting another vaccination and that's more because of the the uh, the rest of the population not so much for me but for the quote-unquote herd immunity but the last time i really talked about covid was probably at least four months ago you know back in the uh october october maybe when we were just finding
2: that there was a new variant
6: yeah yeah, but uh, I only got 3 3 jabs. So it is it is that's- interesting
2: that uh <laughs> your doctor says at your age and the shape you're in, uh you don't have to get at- you don't have to get another shot. It almost sounds like, you know, you're old enough where you're going to probably die anyway, so <laughs> <laughs>
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's a doctor with not a very good Yelp review, I'm guessing.
6: <laughs> yeah. Thank Down you. The box on the corner, you know? Thank
2: Everybody's got a nice son. Now here, calls, here's, here's a lollipop for not crying. Appreciate the uh, thoughts. Um, t- uh, email in mike at KBOI.com says, I can always count on you guys to regurgitate the latest fear mongering from professional vaccine salesman Dr. Pate, who has spent the last few years cranking the money printer. I wonder if he still holds the financial interest in St. Luke's. None of you in the press ever seem to ask him. because it would be a stupid question yeah um just (laughs) i don't even know how to answer this person
3: i'll refer you back to by the the way previous comments by me
2: by the way um the comments that we made came from the cdc not dr david pate dr david pate all all he was saying was the uh best way even though it's not the least expensive way the best way to test for covid developing in a community was wastewater that was his statement the rest mm-hmm. of the statement that we gave to you this morning came out from the uh, cdc but i'm sure you think that the cdc was probably printing money too if you think that a doctor was making statements just so he could make more money by the way uh dr david pate does not get paid by the uh, st luke's any longer he is retired Uh, another text message in says uh chris you're so smart no one would ever lie to make money that's never happened before and the pharmaceutical industry has certainly never done it well they have but if you have proof that's what happening it's happening right now you should share that with everybody that would be important information Some, some
3: things i've read though indicate that every doctor is in on
2: this and i don't know but i think if you believe that keep in mind remember this for people you don't want to criticize chris chris uh was sick for a year yeah i mean he was out of work for a year because of COVID. I was so broadcasting from home it's kind of important um you know with the health effects that it had on him we're up on time we'll be back